It's Friday, June 11th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the Indians are set to open a three-game weekend series at Progressive Field against the Mariners. Uh, it's opening day 2.0, it's being called. They're, uh, they're welcoming fans back at full capacity. It'll be the first time in, what, almost two years that they've, they've, they've had this you know, an almost full ballpark. I think the the first two games of the series have sold more than 20,000 tickets. Uh, That's going to be more fans than we've seen there uh, at one time uh, all season long. Well, that's great. And uh, this is the first time reporters will be allowed on the field, vaccinated reporters before the game to talk to, uh, to talk to players and coaches. I did that a couple days uh, in uh, St. Louis and, you know, at the end of this last trip, but I was the only guy on the field. So, so I, I would imagine it's going to be a little bit like uh, more, be like uh, normal, hopefully, but we'll see. We'll see if we can, uh, you know, track any of these players down when on the way to the, when they're hitting or taking infield or what, whatever. Right. I'd imagine that, that some of the players might be, you know, at first, at least looking forward to uh, maybe talking to us and, and getting, you know, just, actually seeing us in person and, and live uh, and, and interacting with us. But, you know, for the most part, I, this, uh, this pandemic and the, the, the change of rules and the protocols, uh, you know, a lot of these guys have been sort of angling for that for years. The, the players haven't really wanted us in the clubhouse. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a, a readjustment period, I think. Yeah, definitely, Joe. You know, we've talked about this, you know, we haven't been in the clubhouse, what, for since, uh, 2019 yeah, and you know, this, the way this team is turned over I don't you can't you, I don't even recognize half these guys <laughs> you know you don't you know usually you know them you see them every day but you know now you're seeing them from a distance or on zoom and uh, you look into the dugout sometimes you know during the national anthem and I can't name the put the put a name to all the, you know half the faces well uh, it, it starts to get a little bit more back to normal yeah I, as as the season goes on uh, one face you won't find in the Indians dugout, but he'll be uh, he'll be in the Mariners dugout now. Uh, Jake Bowers was uh, traded to the Mariners yesterday for uh, cash considerations. Usually that's just uh, uh, or cash considerations or a player to be named later. So if they can figure out a player to be named later, they'll do that. If not, they'll probably just cover Bowers' salary for the season. Uh, but Bowers went over to, to Seattle, played in Detroit yesterday, and had a, a hit in an RBI. Yeah, and now he's coming back. I mean, how weird is that? I mean, that's I've seen guys traded. I think uh, I can't remember if it was Shinsu Chu or as Drupal Cabrera. The Seattle was in town. They mm-hmm. made the trade, and he just walked over to the other dugout to the Indians dugout, and you know played that night against his old team. And this is kind of uh, akin to that, right? Yeah, there's a a, a scene in uh, you know one of our favorite movies, Moneyball, where the uh, the Indians actually trade Ricardo Rincon. Uh, while they're in Oakland yeah. and and he goes from one clubhouse to the other clubhouse so uh very similar to that uh of course Jake Bowers loves hitting in Detroit so it's not surprising that he got a, a hit yesterday but what what do you think the uh the chances are that he you know lights up the Indians this weekend as uh playing for the Mariners well I think he, he's going to have you know a lot of uh 
a lot of momentum on his side to do well. I think, uh, you know, it didn't sound like he was really happy when he got, uh, you know, they DFA'd him and brought Bobby Bur uh, Bradley up. And, and poor Bobby Bradley, he thought this Bowers thing was behind him. You know, that <laughs> finally, you know, they, 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 had, they had gotten rid of Bowers and, uh, you know, it cleared a hurdle for him. And now, you know, his first home series since he's been recalled, he's going to go head-to-head -head with Bowers. So, well, extra motivation for sure. Extra, extra motivation for sure for uh, for Bobby Bradley. That's uh, that's something to look forward to. Uh, so yeah, this this weekend series, uh, the Indians will have Aaron Savali, uh, ostensibly Tristan McKenzie, although that move hasn't been made official yet uh, for Saturday, and Shane Bieber on Sunday. Uh, so so things set up pretty nicely then for for the Indians that way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know that's right now. That's as good as it's going to get for the Indians' rotation. Um, you know, Savali, McKenzie, Bieber, and then uh, you know, pray for rain for for the next two days, I guess, because uh, you know, uh, Wednesday night another short start by uh, Mejia. Well, just another short start by the back end of the, the rotation. You know, Quantrell uh, goes one and a third against Baltimore on Sunday. Mejia doesn't even, you know, goes two thirds of an inning on Wednesday against the Cardinals. And Joe, this is a, this is a, this is a growing concern. I mean, it's been a concern. And now with the Indians, you know, at a point in the schedule where they're going to play 30 games in 31 days, I mean, they need some length from the fourth and fifth spots of that rotation or, you know, this, or we're going to know a lot more than we do about uh, the fate of this season, the fate of the Indians by the time they reach this, this, uh, this stretch of games. Yeah. Let's dive into that JC Mejia start. Uh, it only lasted two thirds of an inning. Uh, and really he threw a lot of sliders. It looked like, you know, and JC Mejia, his stuff, when he's going well, he is a sinker ball, you know, two seam sinker ball, a lot of movement, a lot of downward movement and just trusting that pitch and letting it go. And, and that wasn't the pitch that he was, he decided to, to use to try and get out of that, first inning uh, against St. Louis in that, uh, that was a 10 to one loss on uh, um, I'm sorry, on Wednesday night. Uh, Mejia r really sort of got away from it through a lot more sliders than we're used to seeing him throw, uh, you know, his secondary pitches up until that point had been good, but really he, he, he got away from what he did best. And, and that sort of came back to bite him. Yeah, Joe. I mean, you know, I was watching the scoreboard, watching, you know, the, the radar gun and he was throwing 93, 94 and he couldn't get it by the Cardinals. I mean, he was ahead of everybody. You know, he gets, you know, the first three batters, he gets two quick outs. Then the next four, you know, which was all he faced that night, he was ahead of everybody, you know, ahead of 0-2, 1-2, you know, or at least even in the count 2-2 two -two, and he couldn't put him away. And, you know, he walked a guy, he gave up the single, then he gave up the uh, double to a uh, carpenter that, you know, cleared the bases. And, uh, you know, that was it. I mean, and, and that was a concern to me that, you know, the, the, the Cardinals did a great job following pitches off. I mean, you know, Molina had a 10 pitch at bat that I think really wore him out. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, that, that, that was the difference maker to me in the inning and, and, and his outing. Yeah, the, the turning point right there was that uh, Molina was able to follow some, some tough pitches off uh, and stay in the at-bat and, and work a walk against Mejia. 
Uh, it was it, like you said, he just couldn't put him away. He couldn't get the ball by him. And Yadier Molina is 137 years old. You, you should be able to throw your <laughs> fastball past Yadier Molina at some point. Uh, I guess it's, uh, you know, you tip your cap to the guy. But after that, you, you just kind of knew that, that things weren't going to go Mejia's way. Uh, do the Indians stick with Mejia moving forward in, in the rotation? I think he's got to at least get uh, another couple of starts in that spot to figure out what they've got with him. Yeah, Joe, and, you know, you kind of you look at the cupboard, you know, and it's kind of bare. I don't, I don't know who else they go unless they, you know, do a spot start. Maybe they, they try Maton again. You know, he's made a spot start. Maybe they, they do one, something like that. But, I mean, you can't mess – you can't have a bullpen game every five games, can you? No, I mean, it's not tenable. Like this, I mean, uh, even if you have 14 relievers, I – I know they're going to, I think he, they've got to give this guy another chance. I mean, obviously they saw something that they liked, you know, the first uh, game of the, of that last trip, he goes three scoreless innings against Baltimore. Um, now, you know, he didn't, and he, he had a bad one uh, Wednesday. So I think you got to at least look at, give him another look. You got to give him another couple, couple shots here. And maybe, you know, he works. I thought, you know, I, I don't know if I'd sense something or something got lost in the translation, but I, I thought him and Henkes might not have been on the same page there. You know, the, the longer that inning drew, get, grew, you know, went on, it looked like uh, he wanted to throw something. Henkes wanted to throw something else. And, uh, you know, if you're a rookie, you should probably trust the veteran catcher. Yeah, I, 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 I agree that, that Hedges, you know, was – I don't want to – nobody wants to throw any blame on a catcher for the pitches that were called. Obviously, the, the pitcher shakes him or, or, or doesn't. So – it, interesting to, to see if there was a disconnect there. And maybe if you, maybe you see Rene Rivera behind the plate the next time um, Mejia catches that, that could be a, a, a change that's, that's definitely made. Uh, we you mentioned Phil Maton there. Uh, Maton came in uh, to put out the fire and what he struck out uh, six guys, uh, six batters yeah. in five straight at one five straight two and a third innings from uh, uh, from Maton. Uh, yeah. He did give up a, a two run Homer. Uh, but you know, and that kind of spoiled the, the outing, but you know, six, six strikeouts, what's the most strikeouts for a relief pitcher or in a, in a relief appearance, uh, for an Indians pitcher, uh, since Carlos Carrasco. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he did a great job and he got those strikeouts on, and he throws like what a fastball, curveball, slider, and he, and he used all three of those pitches to get the strikeouts, you know, the third strike in those. So he was, all three of his pitches were working. Uh, and maybe he's, you know, this is kind of a, hopefully his role expands a little bit, especially in this stretch where, you know, you've got two young starters in Quantrill and Mejia, whoever, you know, they, they go with, uh, you know, a guy like Maton is probably going to be used a lot, I would imagine, to help bridge the gap if they, if they're getting blown out or if they have a lead to uh, get to the back end guys. Yeah, so far this season, we've seen Maton's role be somewhat of that guy who comes in when there's, when the Indians fall behind early, when they do go to a short start and they need somebody to come in, uh, you know, for an inning or two uh, early on, uh, you know, don't know if he's, if, if he's sort of suited for a role to come in later, we haven't really seen him in that role. So, uh, you know, who knows what, what his role is. The, he, he isn't necessarily a long man. And, and that's something right now that the Indians may or may not have. They've got, uh, Sam Hentges to to throw out there. He's a little more stretched out than anybody else in the bullpen. 
they used Cal Quantrill in relief, but is, is he going to be, you know, getting another start again as well? There's uh, still a lot of questions. And, and then you've got Tito who refuses to look past this weekend. <laughs> you know, you asked him uh, in, in uh, Wednesday's pregame uh, press conference, you, you asked him, you know, to, to sort of look at what is going on with this rotation. Do they need to bring in a veteran arm? Is there something they can do? And he said, well, it's not, it's not productive to look past, you know, this next series. And he sort of brushed it off there. That's a, that's a veteran manager. That's a guy who's been through this, uh, you know, more than once uh, answering the question and sort of deflecting there, but make no mistake. Tito's worried about this. There's it's a concern and it has been all season. Yeah. He's, you know, he's been around too long not to see the writing on the wall, but Tito is, you know, he is like uh, that tunnel vision guy. You know, he's always been that way. Good times, bad. You know, I'm not looking back. I'm not looking forward. The, the most important moment is the moment right now. The game, the most important game is the game we're playing right now. And, uh, you know, don't give yourself an ulcer worrying about next week. Worry about today. Uh, we've seen that time and time again. And usually it works. But this time, you know, I, I, I just don't see a way out this time, but that's me. I, you know, and I've been, I've been proven wrong before, Joey. Oh, no. no. Yeah. You, you don't necessarily have the greatest track record there. Uh, So we're going to tread lightly on that one. Yeah. Uh, There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Okay, well, let's let's look ahead, though. If Tito's not going to look ahead, we're going to look ahead. We're 50 days away from the trade deadline. And 50 days is admittedly a, a bit far-fetched and far-reaching to, to look out uh, and, and see, you know, what the Indians are going to be and what position they're going to be in. But we can throw out some names. I, I wrote a piece that's, that's up today uh, on the website uh, just, you know, sort of speculating on some guys that could help, uh, you know, outfielders that could help, bats that could help, uh, arms that could help as, as starters. Uh, they have to sort of fit the proper mold for the Indians, you know, controllability, uh, you know, not necessarily breaking the bank 
uh, salary-wise. Uh, some of the candidates fit that. Some of them would need help to, to sort of make it work. Uh, let's look at a few of them. I guess start with the, the most most obvious one, and I think one of the ones that's going to be the most sought after is going to be playing in Cleveland this weekend is Mitch Hanniger, a uh, guy is rumored, everybody is sort of rumored to be uh, chasing him as, a, as an extra bat in the outfield. Boy, he'd look good playing right field for the Indians, wouldn't he? Oh, my gosh. I mean, what a, what a fun player to watch. What a talented guy. Some, you know, some really significant injuries last year kind of took him out of action, but uh, he's back, and you know, he's really swung the bat well against Cleveland. I mean, he did a great job out in the West Coast against them. I think he's got a couple home runs. He's hitting over 300 against the Tribe. Uh, really, really a great, a good hitter, Joe. And is he is he a free agent next year or when? I, I, I believe he's under control for for one more year, and, and then he's a free agent. Uh, and you know, what would it take to get it? Because Seattle's got so many good young outfielders that that, that are in the pipeline, and even with the team right now. I believe Kyle Lewis last year's rookie of the year is injured at, at the moment. Uh, so, and, and they just demoted Jared Kelnick who made his debut against the Indians a couple weeks ago. Uh, but since then has, you know, went into a tailspin. Uh, so, you know, Seattle might need their outfielders. Now it might need Henniger right now, uh, making, making parting with him maybe a little more difficult, but they're the way that their team is focused and positioned right now he really doesn't figure to be part of their future beyond, you know, the next 50 days or so. Yeah. And you know, Jerry DePoto is not shy about making a trade. That guy trades that guy, you know, he's turned that roster over about 10 times since he's been the GM. Uh, you know, I know, I knew Jerry when he pitched for the Indians and I, <laughs> I didn't, he has, I didn't know he had an itchy trigger finger like that, but he has made a lot of moves in a hurry. And I think if, if, if a Chris Antonetti wants to make a deal, he has a willing partner right there. Yeah, and as, as long as the salary concerns match up, I don't think Kaniger's making, you know, more than four or five million. So uh, could could be a possibility. I, I don't think it's a likelihood, but, you know, it's fun to throw the name out there and see, you know, see what sticks. Uh, another name to throw out there, Anthony Santander from uh, Baltimore. You know, former Indians uh, prospect uh, that, that got away in the Rule 5 draft and has had a, you know, that has had flashes of productivity for the Orioles. Uh, if the Orioles are looking to, to make some moves, you know, they're not going to stay in it. If they're looking to sell off pieces, uh, Santander might, might be, you know, a possibility. I, and he had a great, great series against the Indians in Baltimore over, you know, last weekend. I mean, he hit, he ran to bases, he played defense. I mean, he, he, I mean, that's the best I've seen him look since, uh, you know, the, the, the Orioles took him into Rule 5 in 2016. And that's one uh, the Indians, I think, still regret. They, did, they didn't protect him. Joe, he was coming off a big year, I think, in A-ball when they left him out there. And he has just come off shoulder surgery. They thought, you know, maybe they could, uh, no one would take a chance on him. And uh, the, the Orioles did their homework, swooped in, and, and they got themselves a good player. So, do do now do they let him go? You know, he's he's a young, he's developing. You know, and and the Orioles are, are growing too. Right. Yeah. It, it's just it, they they would probably value stockpiling uh, prospects as opposed to at this point as opposed to keeping somebody like Santander who who really he hasn't 
proven consistency right yet. Yeah. So. yeah, he's been in and out. He's health health has been a concern with him. What about Mullins? What about Cedric Mullins? Well, I, I don't think they're I don't think they're giving him up. I think uh, <laughs> Cedric Mullins. That's the guy I'd like. <laughs> I, I I think uh, after seeing him just totally rake against the Indians, I, I think everybody would want him in in a tribe uniform. And he would answer a center field question as well. So, uh, no, I don't think Cedric Mullins is going anywhere. Uh, the the most expensive option I put on that list was Chris Davis, who was uh, who's DFA'd last week by the Rangers. So he's out there if the Indians want to yeah. trade for him. You know the uh, the Rangers are trying to make a deal for him, but he's also making sixteen point seven million dollars. So a uh, a third team might have to be involved in that, or or uh, you know, a prospect hall that would offset um, uh, Texas paying some of that salary for the Indians. Well, you know, Texas, I think it'd pick up the whole salary, right? If they DFA'd him. If they, you know? yeah, if they DFA'd him, they, just, they have to, they're on the hook for the whole salary. Yeah, maybe, so maybe they have a hard time trading them and the Indians claim them on waivers or something. I, I don't know, you know, after, if, if but. That's uh, a possibility, just, just wait it out and, and, and sign him on your own and then. And then they're only responsible for the uh, the prorated balance of his salary. Yeah, That's... yeah. I mean, but I know he's he's always played well against the Indians. You know, he played well against them in Oakland. Uh, he hurt his back though, right? A couple of years ago, he right. hit the outfield wall. Something happened with him, and his productivity dropped. But I, you know, I loved him. When, I mean, he was a forty home run guy, right? He had three straight seasons of forty home runs, uh, and you know, and every year he batted two forty seven. That was the yeah, right. That right. was the yeah. that was the quirky stat line from him. All right, just uh, really quickly, let's look at some pitchers, uh, starting pitchers that might, you know, uh, be able to come in and help. A low price, uh, Tyler Anderson, a lefty from. Uh, from Pittsburgh. Uh, he signed a one year, $2.5 million deal. Uh, so that wouldn't necessarily break the bank. Uh, he's a guy who can eat up innings and, you know, he's, he's proven that over his, his career. So he's, he's affordable. He fits the bill that, that, that might be, might be easy to pry him away from Pittsburgh if they needed to. Yeah. Yeah. I have not seen much of him, Joe, but, uh, you know, I read your story and he sounded like a guy that would fit, you know, maybe, a, you know, kind of a, a one-year fix maybe, or, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of patch that rotation. Yeah. He, he seems more, the, he and like a, a Merrill Kelly from the Diamondbacks uh, seem sort of like, uh, like band-aid solutions for that back end of the rotation right now. Uh, Merrill Kelly making what 4.25 million. Uh, they could, they could work something out there, but he would be a guy who could slot in as a number four, or number five starter and give you some innings. Yeah. That, that's the big thing. Last year, 2019, he, he threw 183 innings. You think he'd like to parachute out of Arizona right now? What have they lost? 30 of their last 35 games? I, I mean, that's what would it cost to get him is, is yeah. the question. Probably not too much. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, the last guy I threw in there, and I kind of just threw out there just to, uh, you know, put him in the list, was Herman uh, Marquez from the Rockies. Obviously, the Rockies are going to start selling off pieces because uh, Trevor Story is going to move. That uh, they already moved Nolan Arenado in the offseason. Uh, Marquez has the biggest uh, the biggest contract right now. He's he's at what um, seven point five million this year, eleven million uh, club option for for twenty two, and uh, he's under control through twenty three with that contract, but. 
they would have a buyout um, in 2024. But, but this, if you if you make a move for uh, Armand Marquez, that that's more of a you know we're we're looking for a piece for the future. Uh, and and is that the position that the Indians are in right now? Yeah, that's a lot of money too. I mean, uh, I I don't know. You know, I like him. You know, and it, it, you know, it's really not a lot of money, Lindsay. <laughs> if you think about it, for what he is, in in in. If it's a lot of money to the Indians, it's not yeah. a lot of money to most teams. Right. And, uh, you know, I like him, you know, he's, he's proven he can pitch in what the most difficult uh, situation in the big leagues. He's won there, you know, get him back to sea level in uh, on the shores <laughs> of Lake Erie and see what he can do here. Yeah. That would be interesting, but I just don't know if they're going to take on that much salary. No, I, I, I doubt it. That that doesn't, again, it, it's something where you might have to get a third team involved or, uh, you know, have have the Rockies pay a portion of a salary for a season or something like that. But, you know, deals like that are less likely. I just, you know, wanted to say this this is a guy who's who's yeah. likely going to be out there and available, but, you know, not, doesn't necessarily fit what the Indians are looking for. Right maybe, now. maybe an offseason if they, you know, they kind of in the offseason, maybe if they go to Dolan and he wants to, uh, you know, sees the light here and wants to, uh, you know, increase the payroll. Maybe they could do something that way. Maybe Dolan wins the Vaximillion lottery and there's some extra <laughs> cash laying around. Who knows? I, uh, whatever could happen. All right. Well, there's a, a look at, you know, some potential, you know, maybe names out there. There will be more added to the list uh, as, as we get closer to the trade deadline. We'll probably revisit this whole uh, insane exercise and, and try to fit some uh, square pegs into round holes before and, and, and match up uh, the, the patch, the problems that the Indians are having in their roster right now uh, before the trade deadline hits. Uh, Hoinsey, uh have fun this weekend at the ballpark and getting back on the field. I will be, uh, I'll be out of town, but I'll be back on Monday to, uh, to rejoin you for the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. Good deal, Joe. <laughs>